Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Eisenberg and delighted to have you on board. Our very special guest today will be talking about a topic that we all should think about. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us. She's a WellMed PCP and delighted to see her. Hey, Marissa, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ron. How are you? I'm fine. And our It's guest good to be today, back. It is good to be back. Our guest today is Dr. Samarta Prescott, who is a PCP with Optum in Northeast St. Petersburg, Florida, and she's on our uh, Zoom call. Hey, Dr. Prescott, how are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on board, and I especially appreciate you doing this on a holiday. Uh, you told me you got your kids stuffed in the other room. Yes, but this is important stuff to discuss, so oh, well, thank they you. can wait. We sent ours to uh, gymnastics to keep it quiet, <laughs> and uh, Dr. Charles, what would you do with your little ones? And she's frozen again. Well, we'll keep on uh, going, and she will call back in. Dr. Prescott, I noted that one of the things you wanted to talk about was uh, the issue of blood donations. Uh, let's talk about blood donations first in general. Why are they important? Oh, absolutely. It's something that's dear to my heart because it's essential to take care of patients in general by giving that gift um, to someone else. You know, you can save three lives with one donation. Um, you really can make a difference. Um, one of the biggest struggles we have is just not having enough. Um, now you spend the pandemic on top of that. Now it's a scary time. Well, you have to worry about if you're a recipient of a blood transfusion, you have to worry about has it been cleared? Is it safe? How do we know it's safe? So for recipients, oh, the blood is very well tested. Patients are screened not only with a medical exam, with a physical, um, the blood itself is tested prior. Um, in the light of the pandemic of COVID-19, it's even tested for antibodies to see if it's been exposed. So I, I am very comfortable to, to say that no transfer to date has ever been um, seen through donations. Uh, and we know for the person donating, and for years I was a regular blood donor. I, I'm now on so many different meds, I can't donate anymore. But uh, it's painless, it's quick, it's easy. And as you say, it can save lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is one of the few things you can genuinely directly do to save a life. Um, it's you know, we think about it in emergencies and C-sections. Um, you can help babies. You can help people with chronic diseases like sickle cell. And right now, even in the pandemic, more than ever, um, during the pandemic, there are a lot of people who get extremely ill um, and, and some to the point that they do need transfusions even. Um, so super essential. And for those who are positive for COVID-19, uh, they cannot be a blood donor. Not at this time, no. Um, th that is being screened as well because the, the blood is being tested. Um, but also during the screening process, we're discussing it with patients. Now, in addition to uh, donating blood, I, I know that 
Uh, there's interest in plasma too. Tell me wh- what that involves if you're donating just plasma. So some people, they are different pharesis in regards to plasma versus blood. I mean, something as simple as platelets. There are a lot of cancer patients who need platelets. Um, now, what are platelets? Platelets are like the sticky stuff that our ah. body needs <laughs> to be able to, to, cl- to clot. Without um, platelets, um, which a lot of cancer patients, people on high-dose chemotherapies, or people extremely ill, they can run levels low. And sometimes the only way to sustain that is through donations. And you can't make a plate. You can only get that from another person. And are those platelets screened the same as blood donations? Absolutely. They're completely kept at that same standard as well. How often can you donate blood? Depending on each state, they do have a little bit of variation in guidelines. But I think a safe thing to say is at least six to eight weeks apart minimum um, with a few days here or there, depending on where, where you're at. And once you've given, uh, your blood builds back up pretty quickly? In a couple of weeks. And that's where that comes from. Um, some of the screening process, you have to be over a certain amount of weight. You have to not be ill, obviously. Um, so they want people going in that are, are, do, are relatively healthy to donate. And then usually most people just generate their blood back again. And that's how some people are, like you said, like you, you know, every couple of months they will donate. You've just joined us. You're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Samarta Brennan Prescott. She's a primary care physician in Northeast St. Petersburg, Florida. She's with Optum. And our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us as well. She's having some Wi-Fi issues, and so she's dropping in and out, but we'll get her back on as soon as we can track her down. And uh, it's a whole new world in which we're living. Dr. Prescott, everyone from, you're on mute, unmute yourself so you can continue talking. No, I'm just saying, that's the world it is. You looked immediately to see if you were on mute. (laughs) That's the phrase that all of us now hear over and over again when we are on Zoom calls. And in seeing and treating patients, I went to my clinic. Oh, you're back. Good to see you, Dr. Charles. In in treating and seeing patients, I I needed a lab uh, work the other day, and I pulled up uh, to my clinic, and uh, they said to me, hey, do you mind if we come down and just take your blood at your car? I said, hey, that's no big deal. That's certainly different. Uh, than than the normal. And Dr. Charles, uh, yeah. So Dr. Charles, we've been talking about platelets and blood donations and uh, how regularly someone can give. Uh, Share with us your view on how important it is to donate blood. Well, now more than ever, um, we have so many patients in the hospital that are needing blood and blood products. Um, You know, the plasma donations, especially if you've had coronavirus and, and survived it. Um, you, your body creates protection that can be passed on to other folks. So um, those plasma donations are very important right now. But in addition to that, there's so many people that are needing blood transfusions that are life-saving. And, you know, really, we need all the blood types. Um, the O negative, of course, is that universal donor. You can give that one to any blood type. But um, regardless of what your blood type might be, it is important to, um, to donate right now. Absolutely. How important it is, is it to know your blood type? I'm O positive, for example. <laughs> you know, I know patients ask sometimes, and we don't necessarily check everybody's 
blood type. When you're donating the blood, they usually will check it um, because it's very important if you are going to try to give that blood to another person. Of course, that's very important. But on a day-to-day, I don't think it's really of that much significance now. I was telling another patient the other day that it's um, when you're getting a – having a baby is probably the other time you'll see (laughs) that's when we do check those blood types Mm -hmm. i mean before you used to have to get a blood test to get married i don't Mm -hmm. know you know that was before me but um because of that you know rh incompatibility that was possible um now we just check all the pregnant ladies and we have medication we can give if there is an incompatibility so we don't require the blood tests to get married anymore but um that's definitely you know what what happens there yeah now, in Florida, Dr. Prescott, are folks giving regularly or is there a shortage at your blood banks? I think there's definitely a shortage. I think based on people bunkering down, a lot of people who normally would go and be consistent donors, they're more staying home and limiting their exposure. So it's an indirect um, deficit that we're experiencing, I think, universally in every state. But yeah, we're definitely seeing that in Florida. But the trucks are still out there. They're still requesting it. Um, they're just taking new measures to keep people safe who do want to donate. And I think it's it's been a good process so far with, with no transfers that we are aware of. No transfers meaning? Of COVID. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, Taking precautions with mask, washing hands, mm-hmm. keeping the distance. And I think they're doing more like where they're, they're scheduling and spacing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the donations apart so that they have time to clean from one, you know, uh, donor to the next so that there's less risk of an exposure that's inadvertent through one of those uh, procedures because we want the donors to be protected as well because we would hate for there to be an issue there, of course. Now, I know both of you in your practice uh, often are seeing Medicare-eligible patients who are in their 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. Is there an age limit on donating blood? Uh, Where we are, there's not actually an age limit. You can be too young. You have to be over 16. (laughs) But um, your health is is the priority. If you're of good health, you can always donate. Yeah, I believe if you're below a certain weight or if your iron Mm -hmm. levels and iron stores are low or, you know, they usually will check before they uh, draw the blood. And if you're anemic before you get, you know, to start with, they're not going to take your blood. So, yes, health status, I think, is the most important thing. But as far as I'm aware, there's no limit um, to the age. It's just, you know, you get past a certain age. And if your health status isn't that great, you probably don't want to stress the body by um, donating blood that way. But if you're healthy, strong, exercising, you know, good, healthy diet and blood counts are great, then sure. I was below a certain weight until COVID. Now I've got the COVID-20. <laughs> I'll bet you're seeing a lot of patients who have put on some weight. Well, Absolutely. so many people are just so scared to to exercise, especially, you know, we had our, our such fun little senior centers that we had where people were coming out and staying, you know, going on treadmills and right. exercising and taking group classes. And I think that has made a big impact. And people that before were very mobile, I'm also seeing a lot more people with back pain and a lot more people, you know, from being sedentary that Absolutely. are getting, you know, like the piriformis syndrome where they'll get, you know, a lot of tension in the little muscles of the buttock and shooting pains down the back of the leg. And I am attributing a lot of that. I'm asking, so are you still exercising, exercising, going out for walks? And so many of them aren't. 
because they're scared of getting exposed. But, you know, walking outside, if the weather's nice, is great. All right, now stay with me. We're going to come right back to both of you. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to WellMed Radio. Dr. Samarta Prescott is with us from Florida. She's with Optum Care and is uh, part of the uh, St. Petersburg community. And with us as well, uh, talking from our Zoom connection, our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. She's at the Ingram Clinic and is a PCP, primary care physician. We thank you for listening to WellMed Radio. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. We're so pleased that you have joined us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, and our special guest on the WellMed Radio hotline, uh, Dr. Prescott, who is with Optum Care in Northeast St. Petersburg. She's a primary care physician. And our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us as well. Uh, Dr. Charles, uh, let's move off from uh, donating blood for a moment and talk to me a little bit, and both of you jump in, on how your day-to-day practice has changed because of COVID-19. We've had to make some adjustments, you know, with technology, we've had to make some adjustments with, um, uh, you know, just care before, you know, we had waiting rooms filled with milling people that were, you know, wandering around the clinic and then we'd pass them on into the exam rooms and then we'd have from one exam room to the next to the next. Um, And so now we're having to wear number one protective equipment when we are coming into contact with patients, just because we are aware of so much potential asymptomatic carriers that even if a person feels great, um, you know, we still have to wear the protective gear. We still are requesting the patients to wear masks and we ourselves are wearing specialized masks and, and shields to protect both the patient from us and us from, you know, potential exposure from a patient. Same um, thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having the same thing where we've just had to readjust. We don't use our front desk, um, our waiting area anymore. You go from car to room, um, you pretty much call in and then you're exposed to only two people, the medical assistant, the physician. Um, we don't do the front desk check-in, check-out process anymore. Most things are doing online. Another thing we were blessed to be able to offer at my office is some people just really are scared. Um, people who wear oxygen, um, it's difficult for them to, I have patients who are, are deaf, who read lips to wear a mask. So what we offer now is even like a curb visit. So we can even do where we hand you an iPad, you sit in your car, and I'll talk to you through the iPad. 
gifts to my office. Absolutely. You know, those uh, have been such a, mm, such an improvement a and a blessing. Exactly. Cause yes, we are also doing those in the car and we'll even do them. Like if we have a At patient home. that needs to come in to the exam room, we'll, we'll have them, you know, uh, talk to us through the pad in the exam room when with me in the office. And then I still come in and I examine them or we can do it in the car and I'll can run out mm-hmm. and examine the patient that way. And yes, we are taking the little pads to the homes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things are different, but I oh, think yeah. good things that will probably stay, you know, yeah. even once we're past this, because not we're necessarily learning how to take care of people differently differently yeah Yeah. but you know like those patients that are homebound or or that trips you know outside the home are just so difficult just getting them in and out of the car for example those grandpads or little ipads in the home Mm -hmm. are awesome they're really good and of course telemedicine you know where now if you're tech savvy and you've got an iphone you can be seen from exactly yeah younger patients love it they're working and they can jump out, go in the bathroom, have their office meeting and head back to work. Absolutely. <laughs> I found they're like yeah. totally into it. But it's different when you're doing it with your primary care office. That's somebody who knows you. It's not a random person. Um, so it's still as intimate and, and they appreciate it so much. Exactly. I mean, I feel and because when we're in the exam room, there is mask and shield between me and the patient. Like you can't really see the, um, mm-hmm. you know, facial expressions as much. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, nonverbal communication that you miss out on um, just because of all of the PPE, the protective equipment that we're having to wear. So in some ways, I kind of prefer to do the little pad at least for a few minutes, even if I do have them in the exam room. I'll say, let's get the majority of the history through the pad. Um, that way I can see your little face and you can see mine. Um, and then once I'm going to go into the room, okay, everybody get your little mask on, make sure you've got mm-hmm. your gear. And that way there's no um, exposure risk. And then of course, you know, the cleaning of the rooms between oh, yeah. every single patient. And then if we have somebody that comes in that actually, that we know is positive or we're really suspicious is positive, then that room is closed off for a little while so that there's less risk of exposure exactly. um, even from the exam rooms. And depending on your physical space, we, at our office, we're able to even have a respiratory room. So one room, if somebody comes in, the point is all of this is just thinking out the box. COVID has Mm -hmm. definitely made us Mm -hmm. try to meet different patients at different levels. Um, We try not to mix our our sick and our our healthy patients, our at-risk patients. It really has opened up the various ways you can, you can take care of someone. Now, given, given the opportunity... Uh, how would the two of you redesign some of the classes you had in med school to teach you to be flexible the way you are now? <laughs> well, you know, it's been such a, a yeah. you know learning curve. I think that we've adjusted really very well. Um, yeah. Could there have this been is more? unprecedented times, right? It is. It is. And I'm you sure know, when we started in March, I don't think much of us knew how we were going about it, inpatient or outpatient. We were waiting on data. That's what we're used to. But like like you said, um, I think we're trained to adapt. And with information and the more information, definitely we are feeling way more comfortable taking care of people. Well, um, we know that. I know that uh, yeah. 
And we had even started talking about doing telemedicine um, visits before COVID hit. And there had been, you know, some suggestions like, hey, we might start doing this telemedicine if any of the docs are interested in learning about it. And I remember thinking like, nah, I want to Yeah, I want to touch my yeah. patients. I want to. Exactly. Yeah, I'm used and to that. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, you gotta, like there's yeah. no choice. And so yeah. we got tech savvy, got more tech savvy. <laughs> Well, Dr. Prescott, you said something very interesting, and that is, you know, you like touching patients. Harder to do now. Uh, we've figured it out in the sense that you have to know what your goals are. Um, I still examine my patients. Remember, we're in full PPE. They're wearing masks. We're screening all patients before they come in. And we are definitely feeling more safe in our environment because we're cleaning between so I'm very hands-on, and that's why I was very resistant to the telly before. But the truth is you can gain a lot. You can look at someone's throat. You can hear someone's history. And through communication, through I've been able to really still be able to examine from visually. Right. So definitely I feel like it's opened up our sensors more. Most of these uh, telemedicine applications even allow you to take a picture. You know, if you have, say, a skin lesion, mm-hmm. a mole, that way you can get yourself in some pretty good light, get a picture of the rash or the skin lesion or whatever it is that you're concerned about. Or if you think you can get a good, you know, say there's something in the back of your throat you're worried about. And so, and we're able to review those and evaluate those as well. So I agree that it, it's not been as much of a hindrance as, as I thought. initially yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. And what are the patients telling you? They're appreciating it. Oh my gosh. For somebody that's on two liters of oxygen who can't um, come in the room and sit with a mask on to be able to sit in their car and have a conversation with you, they are very, very appreciative. Um, I think it's more positive than anything. People feel safe. One of the things um, a lot of my patients say is they just don't feel like they're getting COVID by coming to the doctor, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, at least. More people are worried about Publix, you know, or, or some sort of supermarket run versus we feel like we've gotten the secret sauce to really keeping people safe. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I have, have to agree with that. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take a look at uh, in March, it'll be a year, more than a year that uh, we've been dealing with uh, Uh, COVID-19. Vaccinations, of course, are coming. Uh, Huge delays uh, here in South Texas. Uh, What about where you are in Northeast St. Petersburg? Dr. Prescott, are vaccinations uh, available? So vaccinations are being rolled out weekly. I want to say there's change. Um, To date, we've vaccinated half a million and every day that changes. I think one of the challenges are, remember, well, in Florida, we are an older community. We have a lot of nursing home. We're a retiree central. So what we find is that we try to focus a lot on our 65 and up, our high-risk people. So most of our nursing homes have their own batch. Our healthcare providers, our high-risk groups are getting theirs as well. So I think the rollout has been everywhere challenging, but each week I see progress and um the importance is better in an arm than in a fridge. I think that's the philosophy of the last two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's been expanding way more. Um, we've gotten to a point now where the bottleneck is 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 less 
implementing and, and more, just getting more here, get more here so we can get it out. Exactly. I think that, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, setups that have been created, you know, throughout San Antonio as well. Um, And it's just about getting the vaccine so that we can distribute it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that we need more, we need more, but we're, we're making progress little by little. And I agree, you know, every week, actually, every, you know, couple of days, we're seeing like, okay, now there's, uh, 8,000 mm-hmm. more. Now there's 9,000 more. Now we just have to figure out how we're going to contact the patients and make sure that we get the ones that are able to get in. In yeah. the phone lines, when they when they announce it over the news, hey, we're going to have 9,000 doses at a certain location. Um, you know, we've had the first few rounds be completely booked within 15 minutes because yeah. um, there's so much interest and so much, um, you know, so many patients in the area that need it. So, um, you know, I think that obviously we still have a lot of work to do to get yeah. the majority of the population vaccinated, but every day there's, you know, more and more, and we're doing a pretty good job, I think, of actually getting it to mm-hmm. folks. So we've got about a minute left, Dr. Prescott. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to toss in? I want people to know, wear your mask, keep your distances. Even with the vaccine, that is still going to be our high priority things to do. It's not that you can't do what you need to. It's just have to do it safely. And Dr. Charles, you agree? I agree. And don't forget about the second dose, you know, that you make sure that you keep track of when you got that first one so that you can be responsible to go get that second one. Well, thank you both. I really appreciate this. And Dr. Prescott, thank you for coming on from uh, Northeast St. Petersburg. Enjoy the rest of your MLK day where uh, we interrupted your family time. And we thank you for that. And we'll be back for another show next weekend right here on WellMed Radio. We thank you all for listening, and we will talk with you again soon. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.